Welcome to Live Committed. It's a central platform for the Aerial Tribe community, where we believe in the individuals about executing the discipline of standards plus habits are going to equal results in their life. On this podcast, we want to provide a space where you can learn to grow through conversations and connection with other people to reach the highest vision that you have for yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And at Aerial Tribe, we are passionate about results. So whether you're feeling stuck in your business, your marriage, your spiritual journey, or whatever is going on in your life, we would love to invite you to the tribe to learn how you can live a committed life. You can always visit us at www.ariel-tribe.com. That's A-R-I-E-L-tribe.com to learn more about who we are and how to get connected to the tribe. So Aaron, let's get on with the show. What's up, tribe? Hello, tribe. We are back. We're back. It's a Saturday morning here in Colorado, and it's wintertime. It is decided to get cold all at once. It decided to get cold all at once. So Unseasonably so. Yeah. Uh, and I'm surprised. It, it, my, uh, we're, as we're recording this, we're um, basically six days before Thanksgiving. I know. And um, my in-laws are in town for the holidays. All right. You get a couple extra days there. Yeah. There every time every time they come in, we it gets cold. They're like, man, <laughs> why would you want to live in Colorado? It's terrible. I'm like, well, it, not normally. Only when you guys show up. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. There's some kind of universal karma going on or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, let me know next time they come, then I'll kind of plan ahead. Plan you know to go I mean? to California plan or something. To California. I'm like, I got a business trip. Why is that? Aaron's in-laws are in town and they just bring <laughs> cold weather. That's right. That's just the way it is. Now we're glad to have them and uh, yeah. we've had a good trip. Cool. Uh, so, okay. Today, what we're going to talk about is something that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about toxic high performers and specifically um, what are they and and then why are they tolerated in in systems whether that's family systems corporate systems um, they're allowed to stick around for reasons and so we want to kind of wrestle with that and maybe see if there's not a space for us to at least do some self-reflection yeah and then uh, also some reflection on the environments that we're affecting. yeah I mean because if you think about it it's such a such an important topic like the idea about culture like culture exists in your workplace. Yep. Culture exists at your home. Yep. Right. So as you're listening to this and you're a parent, you are in charge of that culture. Like, what does that look like? And I think we all can agree as parents, like, you know, what we're willing to tolerate. I think this is going to kind of be a lead into this. What we're willing to tolerate um, is to the rise and the level of what we should expect of that. Right. So when our kids kind of go sideways and you're like, listen, I have to be a parent right now and that's unacceptable. You know, it, it, that translates into our work environment as well. So I'm excited for today because I really believe that if you, um, you know, are, are li- you're obviously listening to this today, we're going to give you some practical ways to kind of go through that and kind of unpack that. Yeah. I think in both environments. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be great. So I think to begin with one of the, one of the things that we've done an episode on this, um, it was early on in the podcast. So you can go back and catch this uh, episode if you want to, but we did a whole, um, episode around what is leadership and mm-hmm. really boiled it down to two things. It's trust and respect. Um, Jason, maybe, <coughs> maybe give us a review yeah. on what that is. Yeah. I think it was titled actually trust and respect, yeah. you know, leadership. So at the end of the day, depending upon how far an organization or family wants to go, if you think about it logically, you'll come to the degree of how much trust and respect sits inside that culture, i.e. relationships. Yep. Think about it logically, right? You know, if I don't trust you or if I trust you 70%, then that's as far as I'm going to go from my ideas, my contributions. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's personal, I mean, just think of it's 
how far I'm going to love you, respect, all of those things come into play. But when love, sorry, when trust and respect is at its full capacity, beautiful things happen. Yep. That's where creativity comes into play. So let's put it in the business context. So if I'm in a meeting and let's say it's a brainstorming session and the leader has cultivated an environment to where I know maybe I'm, I'm a, I've been here three months, but the others have been here for you know 30 years, but he's created or she's created such a, a culture to where that person can contribute without fear, without anxiety as to, well, who's the new guy doesn't understand, or that's a dumb idea, you know? All of those things that sit along with that, because you can't really disconnect trust and respect is the right. bottom line, right? Right. Um, but yet they have different uh, fallouts from that, but that's why I think they kind of coexist and why we talked about it. So, so I think that's really the catalyst. I want to encourage you, and I know Aaron wants to as well, go back and listen to that. It's really a foundation. You want to lead anybody. That's where it starts. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I think the dance in some of that is just to... to springboard off of that a little bit the, the dance in some of that is there's a difference between respecting the position and respecting the person mm-hmm. like we're even if the person is not trustworthy or respectable the position that they're in requires a certain degree of that and and so that if you're if you're sitting in a position where you're like well the person over me the manager my boss whatever um they're just a piece of trash you know yeah. like well yeah, but you got to learn to tr- respect and trust the position, right? It, not not necessarily the person, but we as leaders want to make sure that we're working towards being um, respectable and trustworthy as a human, not just within the position that we're in. Yeah, and and you know, and we talk about we won't get into that full podcast, but I mean, one of the biggest things that great leaders do to cultivate that, right, is creating that safe environment so that feedback loop, the listening, the authenticity, all of those. <coughs> key things that come from that. So, uh, yeah, so we really kind of unpacked that and just really want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. But we felt like this was kind of a, a reminder and a foundation about what we're going to talk about, about toxic performers. Yeah. So toxic high performers if in, in your world. So you're in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't even have a real job. I'm just a, <laughs> just a pastor. Not um, true. <laughs> so in the corporate world, how, how would you define a toxic high performer? I think a toxic high performer, you know, is, is somebody that, whatever their role is. So if they're in sales or in operations, you know, let's like, let's break that down. You know, they're exceeding what the expectations are, right? So if the sales goal is X, they're beating X. If, you know, from an operational standpoint, you know, whatever the measurement is that they're being held accountable, they're consistently outperforming that, right? So that, that's what, you know, a high performer is um, in its obvious way where the toxic part comes into play is is where that individual is about the individual and not the team okay right to yep. where hey you know you're willing to do whatever it takes right so that you shine and so that you hit your agenda and your goals and and it's important that team members perform so that the team can excel right so it doesn't can make the analogy of basketball or rowing. You're like, you got to do your role. There's no doubt about it. And you have to do it to your best of ability. But how I do that, right, gets back to what we just talked about, is how am I bringing the team up, okay. right? How is, how is my performance coming across in a way that's encouraging? Yeah. And one of the biggest things that I've seen the difference of somebody who, who can be a high performer and kind of the non-toxic person that really creates leadership is they actually find themselves teaching. See, great leaders, as we all know, and we've heard a million times, create 
leaders. Like that's what they do. I think John Maxwell talks the most about this and mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with him more where he's like, Hey, let me look and observe the organization. And, and, and those great leaders are the ones that are trying to replicate, you know, themselves and others. And so that, so there's little signs like that, that really kind of, um, help define someone who's toxic, who's about themselves and, and others, and then they can be doing just a lot of other things. Yeah, so, and that would be maybe my follow-up question is how do you, how does that show up in the organization? Like where does a toxic high performer find expression? So I think they find expression in, um, you know, a couple different ways. One, you know, people are gonna know. Like if you walked into an organization and you said, hey, just on this piece of paper, who's the biggest jerk here? <laughs> It's going to really self identify. Yeah, it's, it's Johnny. It's Susan. You know what I mean? Like people know the culture. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take long for people to know that, right? Um, and so I think it can show up in different ways on how they might cut somebody off in a meeting or be condescending, right? Or, hey, this is about me. Or then they can just simply be a jerk. Right. Like it just, just a straight up jerk. And then sometimes that can actually be the CEO, mm -hmm. you know? And then that that's really where it kind of falls apart. And, you know, one of the things that um, I kind of I've kind of made a note on is that it said when a leader turns his back you know on the high performers toxic behaviors which is what you're asking about then everyone else will soon follow and so the value of the companies are worthless and all that matters is what the results yeah so so the toxic person has tremendous influence especially when you attach it to a high performer because if you're toxic and a low performer well then you're you're toast but when you attach toxicity to a high performer and the board or the shareholders or the CEO kind of, you know, kind of look the other way, well, you're playing is the short game, right? You're playing the short game, not the long game. And what's going to happen is, is that entire culture is going to say, well, you're willing to tolerate that attitude, Aaron. So therefore, you know, in order for me to keep my job, I got to, I got to be focused on next month, next quarter, et cetera, et cetera, versus cultivating kind of a team spirit. You've said something on this podcast and I don't remember what episode it was. I'll have to go back and find it, but I'm going to butcher it. So correct me. You don't rise to your goals. You fall to your habits. That's right. So you never, you never rise to your goals. You will fall to your systems and your habits. Okay. Period. And so, so what you're talking about kind of falls into that world. Like yeah. if we're going to tolerate poor behavior, then we're going to fall to the, to the habit of practice yep. rather than rising to be in a culture of, of importance or significance or value or whatever. It's hundred percent. It's just all about, or it's a matter of what we as human beings are willing to tolerate. And that translates to anything that translates to relationships. It translates to our health, getting in shape to, you know, we will fall to the standards and the habits in which we've allowed ourselves to be. And, you know, and, that that couldn't be more true. Couldn't yeah, be more true. Yeah. So when it when a system has that toxic high performer or three or four or ten of them or whatever, however many there are. Yeah. I think if there's one and everybody else is healthy, it kind of sticks out. It kind of self um, eliminates because nobody's going to tolerate it. <clears throat> so the person either leaves or they grow. Um, and the goal would be growth, right? Like the goal isn't just, well, you're messed up, so get out of here. I think good leaders would want to help our toxic high performers to actually elevate their game. But when you have a number of toxic high performers, 
What does it say about this, what the system values? Well, I think it gets back to what I just said. It just, it says that I value profits over people, right? I, I value, I value what we're trying to accomplish mm. over what I am claiming that we value. And so then therefore that's just a short term game, right? You know? And, and so what happens when that high performer leaves and gets a better paying job or something like that, we still, you still have created a cesspool of toxicity because people are going to follow like, Hey, Aaron, you're the leader and you're claiming our value structure on the website and on our wall when we walk into our lobby, whatever it is, but what you're tolerating and what you're willing to do is, is, is not okay, but I need this job. So therefore I have to hit my numbers. And, and every time I sit down with you, that's what I know that you care about. So what happens is, is the leader loses credibility. Mm. And when you lose credibility, you begin to lose trust. And when I, and the first thing that breaks down in a toxicity environment is why we talked about this is I'm like, well, I don't respect you. Right. Like you say one thing and do another, you sound like my kids. <laughs> right. What do you, and so, I mean, that's, what's really cool. I think about life is, you know, the farther I kind of go along is like, life is really simple. It's based on principles, practicality, mm -hmm. right? It's just like, like Solomon says, we're not going to find, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. How long, how long ago did he write that? I, I mean, you you know that better than I do. A couple thousand, <laughs> a couple anyway. thousand years ago, right? <laughs> but, but I mean, it's actually one of my favorite books in the Bible because there's so much, you know, he was known for wisdom, but I mean, so much great wisdom then that just because we're putting people on the moon thinking about Mars and we've got this internet and facts, like we're so much better smarter the answer is no yeah you know because god gave us this framework of principles and right and wrong you know and i think that's what i that's what i love about leadership is there's a lot of books and people talk about the skill sets mm -hmm. and the attribute like hey like that's the focus versus taking a step back going if you really want to talk about leadership then you should be focused on making you a better version mm -hmm. and then and then when you begin to set standards like that and habits that kind of follow suit, then you can go get skill sets because you're doing the hard work. The hard work is on you first. Mm. You know, I was listening to a, a podcast and this is what's funny. So when we do a podcast like this, a lot of people are like, I, I've had people tell me this as they listen to our, like you guys talk a lot about other people's work. Yes. <laughs> what a lot of the leadership gurus do is they'll, they'll, well, this is what I think, this is what I think. They'll never talk about what they're reading. They'll never talk about what they're listening to. They never do anything. And for me, I'm like, I have some thoughts and ideas. I'd a whole lot rather give you content that we know works. It's that's said well, that's inspiring rather than trying to have the pressure of coming up with it on my own. But I, I was listening to this podcast. It was actually Brene Brown's dare to lead podcast. And it's a two part episode with Adam Grant and Simon Sinek. So you have three of the leadership research yeah, juggernauts. Yeah, those are some smart minds right there. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they're just having this conversation around leadership, and it ranges all over. <clears throat> What's interesting is Adam Grant says something in that podcast that I was like, oh, "That is so good." What he says is, he says, "I have a fundamental problem with people being called toxic high performers because if a person is able to be called a high performer." and be toxic, then your system is broken. Like somehow your system is broken if it's going to allow someone to be labeled a high performer. He said, he said the reason is because leaders exist to make other people better. And, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so, <laughs> so profound. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 so I love the fact that you said, so again, amazing individuals and, you know, a lot of respect for Simon Sinek. And that kind of reminds me, he did a video, if you want to go out and Google it, it's a short video about how he, uh, he worked with the Navy SEALs. Yep. And so they said, he, he sat down and he said, I want to know how you find Navy SEAL Team 6, right? So first of all, becoming a Navy SEAL uh, is an amazing accomplishment in itself. You're the 1% of the 1%, probably the 1%, right? Mm -hmm. To get there. But then he's, he wanted to know, then how do you guys go through that process, that selection process of finding you know, the, the most elite people in the organization and put them in this pedestal so they can go out and do hard things? And what was really fascinating, if you watch, you know, it's a short YouTube video, you know, they measure two things. They measure performance and trust. Those were the two measurements. So think of like a graph, X, Y axis, right? So what's performance? performance? Performance is straightforward. How well do you do your job? Like, hey, you're the sniper, you're the leader, you're the machine gun guy, whatever it is, like how good are you doing what you do? But then the second part was trust. Like how, you know, the trust was beyond just your ability to do the job. They said, but do I trust you? He says, with my money and my wife. Right. Like, what do you, what are you outside of this organization? So he plots it. So if you think of like a quadrant, so the bottom left was uh, poor performance, poor trust. Obviously we don't want that person, but then he goes to the top right quadrant and says high performance, high trust. Well, everyone wants that person pretty rare, but he goes, what do you do about the guy that's like literally top left, like high, high performance, but low trust. Right. He says, no, that person becomes toxic to the team. And in fact, we would rather identify somebody who has high trust, literally, and then he mapped this out, and is a low performer, you know, and that's all relatively speaking, right? Sure. Yeah. Because they understand that, hey, maybe, maybe I can take your skill sets, you know, and sharpen that a little bit more, but they understand that trust at the most elite level was more important. So then he flips it like Simon Sedek does a beautiful job and he says, well then put this in the corporate world. Then why why are we rewarding the high toxic performer with great bonus. You know what I mean? You hit this when we don't take time to measure like, like what does trust look like? Right. And so my takeaway from that gets back to this is that, you know, I believe that that's why trust and respect coexist. So, and he just reinforces that with his research and his commentaries. Like if this Navy SEAL team six says trust is more important than performance, they're playing the long game and they've been playing the long game for a long time and they know what works. Right. And so why do we not do that inside the culture? And so I would agree um, about the comment you made is like, if you're allowing toxicity into the system, into your organization, then it was broke from the get go. Right. Right. Because nothing's going to be perfect and somebody slides in. And if that leader's like, Hey, let me tell you, it's not three strikes, but it's called two strikes. This is strike one. The next time, Right. No bueno. Right. I'm willing to, I'm willing to protect the team and what I stand for, you know, versus the wallet. And, and, and so anyways, that that's, and I actually think that when that culture exists, profitability is greater mm -hmm. because when trust and respect exist and we sit in a room, that's where great ideas come to play because the leader wants to know the voice of everybody. And so those are some additional thoughts. Yeah, I love that. I, I have two follow-up questions. Yeah. Um, and I'll throw them both at you, and then you can see how you want to tackle them. Okay. The one is, <clears throat> okay, if trust is the long game, then why is trust so important? That's the first question. Okay. Second question is, how do we then develop trust? Like beyond, as leaders, how, beyond just... Um, 
talking about how important it is? How do we actually mm -hmm. develop it? Uh, well, those are great questions. So I, so, so going back to, so why trust, right? So I think there is the idea that the practical, the practicality behind this, mm. if I'm, if you're asking me to follow you, like, let's say Aaron, you're the leader, right? I, it's not going to take me long for me to identify, are you full of it? Or are you the real deal? Right. Right. And when I begin to understand your value structure, which we all have, you know, at some point you start thinking how much time we spend with coworkers and, and behind the closed doors. Right. Like where I've been in meetings where somebody flies out a statement like, Hey, this is all about the consumer and da da da. And you walk right out the door and you're like, well, that was a great pile of crap. I just threw at it. You're like, okay, well, you just told me your value. Like you just told me that you're full of right. BS basically. Right. How do, how do I respect that? Right. And then how do I begin to trust that? So it's hard for me to detach trust and respect. Mm. So I think that, so it's, it's earned every day. Right. And you can, and you can give it all away real quick. We see that happen all the time on the news, right? Somebody has an affair, somebody, you know, is fraudulent on their taxes. Like we, we see it happen all the time. So it's something that you have to cultivate as a leader every single day in every aspect of your life. And it's super hard. So I think the only way that you, a couple ways to fundamentally do it. One, you gotta be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I got stuff I gotta fix. I gotta I got fix this stuff. Second, when I begin to do that, then I have to, I think I'm a big fan of accountability. You and I talk about this. Yep. Is letting those that are really close to you be like, listen, here's where I'm trying to go. Mm -hmm. And if you see me acting different, I need you to call me out. I need you to call me out, right? So th th those are some practical ways I think about going and doing that. I think there's also some other ideas, uh, just kind of made some notes. So, um, you know, how do you, how do you kind of prevent this from taking place, right, inside the workplace? Mm -hmm. And then I want, I want to hear from you on this as well, is one, you can't tolerate. So I think you have to vocalize, what are you willing to tolerate? And what are you not willing to tolerate? Right. Right. So that comes back to, we don't rise to our goals. We fall to the systems that the standards that, that we are, are setting. I think then the second uh, thing I have here is, you know, honestly look at the culture and the culture of the, the organization is shaped by the worst behavior, meaning that, Hey, I'm looking at all these people and Hey, you know, Aaron, you're willing to tolerate that. Okay. Well then you set the standard. Right. Uh, you know, the third thing is, is you got to establish a feedback process. You have to let the organization come back to you and say, this is what's working, but what's broken, right? What's broken? And you might be a part of that brokenness. So how do you, how do you get somebody to say, hey, I need you, I need you to evaluate me. Mm -hmm. You know, like where, where am I? I, I, I literally want to know like, hey, where am I falling down? Am I not listening enough? You know what I mean? Or, or whatever that is, even in meetings and things like that. You know, your values must be in every aspect of your business. So if you say something like, hey, this is what I value, or this is what we value, then it has to permeate throughout the entire organization. Yep. And, and that's just going to be found with your behavior. And then I think the last thing um, that I wrote here, the fifth bullet point is leaders must be honest with themselves. So you got to be able to look at that and kind of how, how does that all, how does that all kind of get put into a blender and what, you know, what's coming from this and then how do I kind of tackle that? So, yeah. What are your thoughts? So that was super good. I, you know, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about that whole value structure, like as a leader, you've got to be super clear about your uh, value structure. You got to be super clear yeah. about it. Um, and 
values are your real values. You're not your stated values, but your actual values are revealed when you're, when tension hits conflict, hard circumstances, whatever. Yes. That's when your real values are exposed. So being consistent, it's, it's, when you're in a hard spot with with a staff member or a teammate or um, a spouse or a family member and, and your values maintain consistency, that's like 10x more important than just day in and day out routine yep. stuff. So so that's the piece that I think like when you if you want to say, I'm going to reveal, we're going to create trust. Well, they got to know that regardless of the circumstances going on around us, that I am who I am, because if if I am like shifting sand, they can't trust me. Correct. I, I'm not trustworthy in that space because they never know what version of me they're going to get. And so that's the piece that I think is so uh, critical is your value structure. If you want to create trust in the environment, your value structure has to be cleanly articulated and ac- accurately lived out, intentionally accurately lived out. I, I would put all caps on both of those adjectives intentionally accurate underscore yeah (laughs) italics bold whatever what are you gonna do so to to do that um those things have to be lived out um especially when it's hard people need to see you be consistent like um if you if you claim that your organization is generous then be generous when there's no money um if you know Choose That's good. choose generosity and how employees leave. Um, like we're gonna give these people a really nice parting package and they didn't deserve it, but we're gonna do it because we have a value of generosity. Like um, do it when it doesn't make sense. That value should express itself. Um, yeah, because this is who we are. Yeah, it's one of those things. You know, you you leave others better than you found them. Right. You know, like that's one thing that I I try to live by. You know, and when tough decisions come up, you're like, hey, this isn't fair. When are you like? How do I, how do I, how do I do things that, that fit the value structure? And when you begin to feed that, like anything, then that, those, those values begin to, to, to cement themselves, right. They begin to ferment and like, wow, like this is, that is who that person is. And that's why the additive of, you know, sometimes, you know, the whole wise owl, right. Cause the old wise owl has seen a lot of life and it made those mistakes, you know, along the way. And, and so I think those are just important when we talk about, you know, how, how do I create those habits and those behaviors? You know, when I'm listening to you, like that's what's coming to me. Yeah. You know, as it relates to that. Yeah. I, I think there's an interesting, to step out of the workspace and step into the family space, there's an interesting thing that happens specifically between parents and children. But I think this is, um, it's a worthwhile discussion because it shows up also in our work relationships. Um, this, this idea of toxicity sometimes gets masked in, but I love you. Um, so for example, yeah. uh, a, a parent does something to their child and it wounds their child and the parents like, but I, but I love you. Like if you knew how my heart felt towards you, then you wouldn't have been wounded in the first place, which number one just isn't true. My experience is my experience. So when you do something to me that wounds me, I'm wounded. That's just the way it is. But, um, but beyond that, it's, it, it it's a toxic behavior to justify that I hurt somebody regardless of why. Now, can they be oversensitive? Yeah. Can they be misreading the situation? Yes. But until I honor their experience, I have no space to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and and so what parents do is they'll, they'll be like, well, but if you knew my heart, if you knew how much I loved you, you wouldn't have been mad. 
uh, first of all, it's not true because I, you know, I probably do know at some level how much you love me. Um, I feel it or I don't, whatever. Um, but the other side of that is um, it doesn't matter. Like I, I have to be willing as the offending party, I have to be willing to steward the, the heart of the offended person. And, and when we don't do that, it's toxic. So like, for example, in a workplace, if I, if I'm like, I'm hitting numbers that I'm making the team look good, but I'm everybody around me feels like trash because I'm a jerk yeah. or whatever, you know? Um, and they're like, well, but you're treating us poorly. Yeah. But, but I'm helping you get bonuses. Okay, but that doesn't change that you treated me poorly. Yeah. Right. But but I really care about you because you're gonna have a better Christmas. But but that doesn't change that you treated me poorly. Like those are the the that dance of like, well, I don't want to change anything. I, I think it's actually really, really important to go back to what we were talking about earlier to tie into this. If our value system is clear and in our values we value, which I think how do you measure trust and respect. Well, you got to have a value system that reflects that, right? Yeah. We, we're going to make people better. Yeah. And I also think when I hear values and like you were communicating that if I don't create the boundaries around those, then, so if I'm willing to tolerate the high toxic person, right. Then there's just no, there, there's nothing behind what I'm saying. Right. So, so it's, it's really clear. Like, no, you don't value the people you value the money or, or whatever target is that you've, you've set for that person. That's why I'm saying it's either a short game or a long game. And I actually believe really strong, you know, keep going in, keeping in the uh, business context. You know, if you're listening, it's like, Hey, I'm a business owner or, you know, obviously I work for somebody and I'm trying to create profitability for myself. Well then awesome. We're, we're letting you know right now that great things come when you're not willing to tolerate what we're discussing. Yeah. Right, you're just not because the consumers want transparency. They want brands that they believe in, and now more than ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just see it, you feel it, mm-hmm. and um, I just think that there's such a big trade-off to it when you don't have a culture that's that's honest and, and you know and you know waves the flag of like this is who we are. Right, right. This is the problem we solve in the world with our products or services. Cool. Well, so do many others i.e. your competition. So what makes you different, right? There's not enough value that we put on that aspect, right? The, the people, and I, and I think that there's a big surge for it because you know, the one thing that technology's done is it's, it's allowed accessibility, right? To where you know, startups can say, hey, this is who we are, and we think we're pretty cool, and we solve the same problem, but we do it you know, with cooler people, you know, right. and, and, and we're attracted to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, uh, um, I think that what you're talking about short game, long game, like it is easy to get caught into the trap of, but I can't let this person go because if I do, that's going to take away X, Y, Z dollars. Yeah. Right. But I guarantee you that if you, in the name of healthy culture, if you step into a, a healthy value expressed a healthy way, then over the long term, you're going to exponentially increase those dollars that you were holding on to so tightly. Like you're going to, that's the long game though. And it takes time. And I'll give you an example of how that works. Like, and I came from an organization that had a value that said, we're going to fight for relationship. We're going to fight for relationship. And on the surface, that sounds like, yeah, we should do that. The problem is if your definition of relationship is unhealthy, 
Yeah, that's a good point. Then, then what you're fighting for is toxic, yeah. <laughs> right? And so what we have to be willing to do is to fight for healthy relationship. We got to know what that is and we got to fight for it. What winds up happening is when you say fight for relationship and then the person who holds all the power has a dysfunctional understanding of relationship, then what winds up happening is that they manipulate that statement to get people under their control. Well, then you just start spinning out employees, right? They're just, Mm -hmm. you're just churning employees rather than saying, we're going to fight for healthy relationship. And we're going to make this a place that people want to come and they want to work and they want to be creative and they want to do well because they're excited to be a part of a group of people who love them. Like it's just same value, but expressed once in a healthy way, once in an unhealthy way. Yeah, I, I like the way just listening to you, I like the way that Simon Sinek, and I were kind of kind of quoting him twice here in this because uh, he's just done so much work. He says value should be verbs, and if you're like, so if if I say the word creativity, then don't say the word creativity on your website. Be like, we think about problems different. Oh, okay, you know what I mean? Like they're actionable. Like they're, you know, yeah. there's things, and and I always I always recall when he said that I was like, well, that's a really cool way to think about my values is that it forces them into action, you know? Right. So you're kind of expressing, which gets back to what are my habits that I'm trying to create inside this culture. And, and I, I'll tell you, I, so going back to the, the statement about, Hey, I'm afraid of getting rid of that toxic person. You get rid of that toxic person. You're going to 10 X your business. I'm fully convinced of that. Yeah. But you're like, no, nope, we don't tolerate that. And you look at the team and the team's like, Oh, you leader, awesome trust and respect goes through the roof, you know, and and that's how the culture itself begins to make sure that someone like that doesn't get into the circle the best. And if they are, you're like, yeah, well, there's the door, and that's how that's going to go. That's awesome. So you have a you have a tool that you use if it, like let's say somebody mm-hmm. in your organization turns out to be a little toxic or a lot of toxic, yeah, um, and they got some struggles going on. What? How do you help them kind of come to terms with that? So, so kind of before that toxicity is, you know, really apparent, like, so, so the tool that I like to use and that kind of coach the team around is when a problem arises, I call it the pie chart solution, more or less, is that no problem. What I've learned is a single attribute. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a complex situation that has maybe two, three pieces in it or 20 pieces in it. And so the first thing when a problem arises, I throw the pieces in. I don't look at the percentage of those pieces where most of the time a problem comes up and it's like, well, you see the problem is they're doing this or you're doing this and it's it's not me, right? There's no contribution to the pie chart. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a really great exercise because what happens is one, I'm always the first to be in the pie chart because if the problem exists and I'm attached to it, guess what? Well, I'm in there. So, so I, there's a self-examination that takes place. But going back to your question that if the problem is an individual, well, then we collectively begin to say, well, hey, so the problem seems to be that, you know, um, some of your teammates, you know what I mean, just don't feel uh, that, you know, um, that you're being respectful. Like that's kind of how that kind of starts to bubble up. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, you put a real, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And the thoughts are, well, you know, I'm, and so, so in the spirit of the pie chart, I begin to toss in, you know, well, maybe, maybe I didn't quite set the expectations clear enough, not just in numbers, but what we're trying to do here as an organization. Yeah. Here's what that looks like. So that's on me. Right. And then Aaron, let's say you're the toxic person. Hey, so when you hear that, so now I'm, I'm trying to create recognition, right? Hey, like there's a challenge here versus me just sitting down like, Hey, Aaron, 
you're kind of being a jack wagon right now. You know what I mean? And and the hammer is you and you get defensive because you're it's just not gonna get anywhere. And so that tool has become an awesome tool, even outside of uh, helping somebody who's toxic identify like, so now I approach all the problems like that. So when somebody brings me a problem, they automatically know like, Hey, here are the three pieces that we think are in there. Then where I think leadership really kind of elevates is their ability to then look at the pieces, prioritize the pieces and go, well, that piece I think is 60%. You're right. You know, the problem mm-hmm. and this one's 20, this one's 30 and this one's 10. Okay. Now that's, that's what great leaders do. Um, because anybody can spot a problem the the challenge and the talent is, is how do I solve the problem? That's typically where people go wrong. Yeah. Awesome. So, so would you agree with this statement that all of us have at least one or 2% toxicity in us? Yeah. And it's called our ego. <laughs> you got an ego. I got an ego. We all have egos. They just manifest themselves in different ways. Right. Yeah. It's Ryan holiday, his book, right? Um, the ego is the enemy. I love that book. You know, if you haven't read it, I'd recommend it. And you're just like, you know, double dog earring, <laughs> highlighting, going, yep, yep, I do that, I do this. And so I think that's kind of the constant challenge that we all face. Yeah. You know, it just, it's just, we all want to be liked, we all want to be loved, we all want to be, you know what I mean? You know, special, all of those things. So that's, it's, it's a, yeah, so it's a really big challenge, you know, and some know how to uh, recognize it and hamstring it as, you know what I mean? Yeah. As fast as possible. Uh, that's why, I get back to what I said earlier. I think it's important if you're a leader and you're listening to this, even if you manage just, so is, is the feedback loop. Yep. I, I literally, you know, I'm not saying this boastfully, but I literally would go to my kids and say, so how can I be a better dad? Oh, dad, you're doing a great job. And I don't let them get away with that. Like, I want to know like, hey, am I listening? And like, I, I, want to, I want them to know that it's safe for them to come to their dad and be like, hey, what you just did is not okay. Yep. You know, not in a combative way, but I, I want them to have the strength so that when they go out in the world that they can say to a boss or, you know what I mean? Or their spouse, like, Hey, I love you, but like, that's not cool. You know? And so if you think about a father and child relationship, especially when they're young, I mean, that's just something that I've always tried to, to cultivate so that when things do get real and there's real issues, you know, I, I can get to that heart as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think that's super important as you lead people, you know, I'm sure you're listening to this going, Hey guys, uh, you know, this is all you got. Cause I kind of already knew this and you're like, yeah, this is the stuff we got to be doing. <laughs> yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's, it's, it's hard. And I think that's the, the key to being a, an effective leader. You don't have to be a perfect leader. You just have to be a good leader. And that means you got to be willing to take a look at your own toxicity. Yeah. Like, where are you contributing negatively? Where are you contributing positively? Where are you contributing? That accurate assessment on both sides of that coin is really important. Then you're able to look at it, deal with it, and minimize the negative impact. Over time, you become less and less and less toxic. But I don't know that we ever actually get to the point where we're perfectly not toxic. Yeah, we're never going to get there. That's just, we know that, right? So the question is, is you know, how, how quickly can I pull myself out of that? Right. So that it, it turns from me and toxicity to others and, and, and helping. Right. right? And, and that, that is like anything that is a muscle that you have to exercise on a daily basis. And, And what we're now requiring is that requires some vulnerability. Yeah. And, you know, and all great leaders, if they want to go somewhere that, that, requires a lot of effort and, and tenacity and, and sacrifice and all of those things with a p- group of people, i.e. your family. Yeah. Well then 
you got to realize like you're going to make some mistakes. And so the very first thing when somebody says that is your ability to own that. Like, hey, that's my fault. Yep. Like that, that's my fault. Like one of the things I actually really hate because <laughs> I feel like it's a waste of time. You can ask Jennifer, my wife, like, like when we start disagreeing, I'm like, okay, listen, she'll be like, you know what? You were rude and you were a jerk when you said that. I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I apologize for that. And I'm sorry, you know, but here's how that made me feel when you did this, you know? And she's like, no, 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 no. Like you're still a jerk. I'm like, I got it. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like I, I try to, cause I, I just want to, I want to hear it. I want to own it and I, I want to change it. Right. And so I can move forward with it. And so I think a lot of times we just, that ownership part just really doesn't come into play. Right. Yeah. Well, because we want the other person to be the villain because we're the hero of our own story. Yeah. But that just isn't the way it works. That's not the way real life is. Right. It's just not. And I think that's why I thought I loved your question. Like, and that's why it gets back to ego. Like, no, it's not a zero sum game, you know, and on more days I'm more jacked up on, <laughs> you know, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm pissed. I'm scared. Right. Um, and other days I'm having a great day. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, that's just, that's the ebb and flow of life. And, and I think that's why you and I just kind of, we started this podcast was like, let's have some honest conversations about some real topics that we face and, and, and how do we, as, as human beings try to walk through it. And, uh, you know, I, and I love the perspective because what 30 years is being a pastor and, yeah. you know, and just bringing that biblical foundational principles gets back to like, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. You know, the hard part about life is doing what, what we know to do. Yep. And we're, as human beings, we're just really good at screwing that up. <laughs> we are pretty good at it. I mean, we're, some days we're really more better than the other days, you know? And, yeah. And so, I don't know, what are your, what it's your, what are your thoughts on that? No, I thought that was good. I, I think you summed it up really well. We, we are, we are broken trying to get whole, but that journey has to be a journey. I don't know that wholeness is a destination that we achieve. It's a pursuit it's that we're, and, and so in order to do that, we've always got to be willing to at least take a look at the fact that we aren't where we need to be fully yet. And so we have the opportunity to, to grow. Yeah. I, I think as we kind of like begin to wrap this up and hopefully we, this is valuable to you and you know, that you're listening to this. I think our first encouragement, I'd love to get your response on this is just, you gotta, you gotta look at yourself first. Yeah. You know, like, cause, cause again, if we all agree that, Hey, ego and ego might possibly boil up to some toxicity. Like what, what am I doing? Like, how can I check that? Wouldn't you agree with that? If I'm in a difficult situation, I'm not all of the problem, but I'm probably also not none of the problem. That's the pie chart. And and so, and so trying to find that space is actually really important. Like what is my role in this, Mm -hmm. both positively and negatively? How am I helping this? How am I hurting it? Yeah. And being honest about that is important. And guess what? It might be the fact that you're tolerating it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sanctioned incompetence. Yeah. Like you throw it in the pie chart. You're like, no, that, that person just needs to go to something. Whatever words got to change. You're like, Got it. So, so, oh, so the ownership is that I'm willing to tolerate you being rude to me or, or whatever it might be. Right, right. Right. So I think that's the very, very first thing. And I think the other thing that we want people to take away on this is think about this, like whatever your goal is for your family or your business, you will not rise to that. You will fall to the standards and the habits that you allow to resonate inside your personal life and inside your business life. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's just not right. It's just, there's no way around it. It's just a fact of life. And that's just how it's going to boil down. And so hopefully that's encouraging to you because it is encouraging to me because then I go, wow, I got a lot more control 
over what's actually happening in my life? And the yeah. answer is yes, we do. Yep. It's just like, oh, wow, that's hard because then I have to own it and go do something about it. So much easier to be like, yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. You're a jerk. You're an idiot and blah, blah, blah. And dog ate my homework. And yeah. <laughs> well, the good news is I get to choose my standards and my habits. I get, I have full control over that. 100%. The bad news is I get to choose. <laughs> I have to choose yeah. what those are going to be. Yeah. I do have to share a story with you before we get off this yeah, episode. Yeah. This is uh, to pull off of last episode where you were talking about your experience, which if you guys haven't heard that episode, you need to go back and listen to it. It was really, really good. But um, you know, you were talking about crawling and finding that room and gratitude being yeah. this energy source for you. So uh, if you don't know on the air, I'm, I uh, am an assistant wrestling coach for one of the local private high schools in the area. And um, uh, we were practice yesterday and we're doing conditioning. And one of the groups, uh, coach had him split up into three groups and they were doing different activities. One of the groups was planks and, uh, uh one of the heavyweights was doing planks and he's, he's, and it's just at the end, right? Like the, he's, he's defeated in his mind. Got you it. can tell by the way he's, he's, um, just practicing. He's, he just, he won't, he's on his knees. He won't like, he's just not, he's not giving any effort. He's done. He's broken, uh, mentally. And I'm like, how can I help this kid? So I walked over and knelt down next to him. I said, what are you doing, buddy? He goes, I, I, I'm done. I said, get up on your toes. So he did. And he's grunting and, you know, like that. I said, tell me what you're thankful for. Mm. He was like, didn't say anything. I said, tell me what you're thankful for. Sports. I said, sweet. Tell me what else you're thankful for. My family. I said, okay, good. Good. That's awesome. What else are you thankful for? Pretty soon it was over. Yeah. And he had pushed himself way past where he could go. Well, I, I just loved the, like the, the mindset of like gratitude actually feeds energy. Like, and I want to keep drilling that down, uh, as part of this ongoing conversation in our podcast, just yeah. because it works, yeah. it works. And so, um, it was really significant and he had a, I mean, he was better. He, he did more than he believed he could cause he chose gratitude. Yeah, no, I, um, it's, it's so it's still fresh. That was a month ago, you know, when I did that mm -hmm. and I've never, I've never experienced that true power because there's a difference if you have an emotional, um, challenge, like I'm fighting with somebody or, you know, like versus physical pain. Like yep. when you're at a point where you're like, I'm, this hurts your body's saying, stop doing this. And you tap into a whole nother source. And honestly, I'm. I'm a hundred percent convicted now and for the rest of my life, the most powerful tool for us to move ourselves forward is gratitude. Yep. And, and so when you're thinking about poor as me or whatever I have, um, gratitude, but I'm glad to hear you say that because man, I, I, I just connect with that. And, and so it's so cool to hear, hear you, you know, coach into that that way That's yeah awesome. yeah and, and 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 he responded to it and responded well right like it's not just us going well this we're an anomaly where it works no it actually works it works it works it works it works, yeah, it works. it's cool so if this episode's been a benefit for you like it follow it uh share it um rate and review the podcast. That's always helpful for us. Um, but if you have any questions about anything that we've talked about, you can email us Jason at Ariel-Tribe.com or Aaron at Ariel-Tribe.com. Or if you have any show ideas, we'd love to hear those. Let us know. Yeah. We'd love to tackle something um, anytime that you would like that. So same email addresses, but uh, until next time, we'll be back soon with another great episode.